0: I saw something uh, the other day that I think is just a monumental weapon in in our arsenal, in this uh, non-fight that we find ourselves in, and there's a lot of caveats here. Uh, first of all, as I said, I think it's terrific. It's a video. I think it's great, but that doesn't really matter because I'm not the problem. Uh, the reason I want to share this with you is because of how it affects people who have not been particularly lined up to read, you know, policy statements by the Heritage Foundation or listen to George Will do a do a lecture. I'm going to play a couple bars of it, and then I'm going to sync it up. Watch the reaction that this flaming sword of justice uh, and righteousness has on our fellow Americans here. Here we go.
1: Love high gas prices I love paying more for groceries And I really love seeing taxes rise It's so good knowing that I'm giving more But receiving less, it makes me feel humble But I'm gonna stop with the sarcasm right there Cause I swear, we're living in a real jungle It's what? Pretty simple to me though It's way past being left or right Just use your head and common sense And think about how you've been affected in daily life Is it easier or is it harder? That's the most important question you should think of first Cause life is a bitch already as it is And you don't need someone that's gonna make it worse Ask me? Huh. I think we're f- don't give me that look, everything sucks Have you gone outside? Have you I been to the store? Like Have you compared that. the prices to a year before? <laughs> Do you drive a car? Have you pumped gas? Don't lie to me now, it sucks You could brush it off like a joke But the media lies, numbers don't You can't play Biden, it isn't him Well, who the is it then? What jacked up the prices? I wanna know I spent so much at Conoco I don't know I think it's insane that the leader of the country gets no blame Cause the whole entire time, the last four years, it was cheap as I'm just saying, now watch Down in the comment section, someone's gonna give us an economy lesson I can't wait to hear your expert analysis on fluctuation and how expenses balance It's all a part of the process, what the hell you bitching for, it's fine Oh yeah, I forgot about the 16 cents that I saved on hot dogs for 4th of July What a f***ing steal, too bad I spent more on gas just to get to Target So by the time I got done buying all this filling up my car I had way less than when I started hey. now I don't really call that saving no. no I call that losing money it doesn't take a genius to do simple math but apparently you can't so who's the dummy Probably I just pissed off this inflation's up, but I gotta sit here and act like I love this administration with a thumbs up, stupid Everything is hell but you act like I'm supposed to be in heaven You know our country ain't doing too good when the Waffle House start to close at 11 Dude, even barely talk and don't act like I'm being overzealous Every time the man I like speaks I have no f***ing clue what he's trying to tell us Every speech is like a gag reel, every time I see the f-ing, I'm like is that real? Well, considering the fact that the only other option was Trump, I don't think it's such a bad deal <laughs> I want a strong leader, the strength of a man should be constantly tested Especially when you're in the most powerful position in the world, that should be not even a question Uh, There's really not enough words that can describe the craziness we're facing, dude But the crazier part is there's still people you need to sit down and really explain this to Yeah. Just watch a press conference, you'll see that Joe is all gone He literally says out loud that he has a list of people he's supposed to call on And even then he The whole thing is hella awkward, COVID-19 ain't his biggest enemy, it's the goddamn teleprompter It feels like we don't even have a leader, it's like we're all just following blindly Each of my grandparents could run circles around him in a debate and they're almost 90 Look at him, don't take it from me, go listen to him, it's not a rumor You gotta, I mean, the to did to did to today, have... Junior! Jesus Christ, go on YouTube and click any video of Joe Biden and check out the like and the dislike ratio. That should prove to you that no one likes him. I don't agree with anything he's done. His decisions affect me in many ways. If it was up to me, I'd rather have mean tweets and cheap gas any day. Bye. I don't like Biden. What good's he done for us? I think Afghanistan pretty much sums it up. What a dumb adult. My stomach does somersaults when I think about go, those oh soldiers that were killed. To f- Then he goes to the service and keeps checking his watch Like he has somewhere better to be I swear the disrespect doesn't stop Pick your head up, look at the women and men you killed I don't understand how anyone could even defend you still And if they do, they either don't know what they're talking about Or they're lying to themselves Cause they know damn well you're a problem now Pulling out was a good choice Not the way you did it though Kamala's probably sitting there like Oh my god, we did it, Joe (laughs) Speaking of her, where she been through all these deadly days As soon as Erupts and hits the fan Kamala's mia not like she does anything anyway can useless an order crisis at the border. She don't do just a talking head, paired up with the walking dead Hanging <laughs> absolutely every word that was promised or said <laughs> Every time I see their faces on TV, it's such a bummer I feel like I'm watching the third installment of Dumb and Dumber And on top of all that, they put another ban on ammo Trying to disarm Americans, but equip the Taliban like Rambo You give them hundreds of thousands of military guns But Americans just trying to protect their families are the scary ones You put more trust in a terrorist organization than you in your own people You don't care about this nation you, that's from me, fuck you, that's from them fuck you from everyone that's still stuck in Afghanistan fuck you from the men and women who died for this country And fuck you for every time you lie to cover up something You blame this on Trump, how the fuck is this even his fault? You're in charge now, not him, that's just your default Whenever something goes wrong, you flip and say he did it But whenever something goes right, you're quick to take the credit You undid almost all of Trump's agreements by your second day So why is this one of the only- things you left in place no crosses to bear no responsibilities just chocolate chocolate chip to ease your mental instability i would say the blood's on your hands but that's a lie because you don't even know where the f- you are half the time <laughs> oh my god
2: i <laughs> man ran out of breath speaking volumes here speaking volumes here man
0: you may not like the, the capsule that this is wrapped in and that's fine but what's important and what you just saw with your own lion eyes is that that capsule that 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 f-bomb laden rap song got a message to people who would never have gotten the message before and that's where the fight is right because you're not the problem I'm not the problem even the people watching the video aren't the problem the problem is is that they never ever get to hear the other side of the story and along comes Samson Samson of all people what a great name Some guy, white guy from out in the sticks with a mullet who is laying down some very solid beats and reaching people with that flaming sword of righteousness in a way that the rest of us, at least as far as I'm concerned, can just sit back and watch in absolute awe.
3: President Biden's speech regarding January 6th gives us an opportunity to once again observe how America is being attacked from within. We'll look at the game plan as well as cover the federal government's possible involvement in making the so-called insurrection possible. In today's analysis behind the news, where we provide the perspective and the plan to save American liberty and independence. Yahoo News reported, President Biden on Thursday marked the first anniversary of the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol with a passionate speech in which he assailed former President Donald Trump for pushing the web of lies that fueled the attack and for doing nothing to stop the deadly siege. Biden said of President Trump, we must be absolutely clear about what is true and what is a lie, and here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest is more important than his country's interest and America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our constitution. Well, that's rich, isn't it? Because in a different context, Biden could be talking about himself, And what his fellow globalists are trying to do to this country. They spread a web of lies throughout the country regarding the 2016 election and Russian interference. They have actively sought to enrich themselves on the backs of American taxpayers and through so-called investments from foreign countries and companies, especially from America's number one enemy, China. They also have jettisoned the Founding Fathers' framework of limited government and concept of federalism for democracy. And folks, all of this adds up to treason. But what's even more disturbing are allegations that January 6th was turned into an entrapment plot by the FBI. Revolver.News has done some explosive reporting about an alleged FBI operative and five other ringleaders. Its deep dive into a gentleman by the name of Rayups was initially published at the end of October. A part two came out mid-December. They reported on December 18th, out of all of the thousands of January 6th protesters and the thousands of hours of publicly available footage from that fateful day, Ray Epps has turned out to be perhaps the only person nailed dead to rights confessing on camera to plotting a pre-planned attack on the Capitol. On both January 5th and January 6th, Epps announced multiple times at multiple locations his upcoming plot to breach the U.S. Capitol He then spent hours attempting to recruit hundreds of others to join him. On top of it all, Epps was seen leading key people and managing key aspects of the initial breach of the Capitol grounds himself. Out of this footage, he is seen potentially collaborating with what seems to be operatives who each have specific jobs, one of whom was seen taking down police barricades, fencing, and signs that indicate a police line that is not to be crossed. As Revolver points out, These were taken down 20 minutes prior to Trump's speech being completed, so when the speech attendees made their way over to the Capitol protest, they would not have come into contact with these signs, ultimately walking into a trap. Other alleged operatives, none of whom are being sought by the FBI or who have been charged, were integral in convincing the crowd to move forward and then to go into the Capitol. As Revolver concludes about Mr. Epps, if Epps turns out to have been some kind of government operative, which at present is the only clean and simple explanation for his immunity, it is game over for the official mega-insurrection narrative of 1-6. Epps was the day's loudest riot recruiter and its apparent leader of the very first breach of Capitol grounds. If Ray Epps is a Fed, the insurrection becomes the fedsurrection in one fell swoop. Federal provocateurs have been used as a tool to entrap many Americans. The Washington Post reported on November 11th, 1996. Since the Oklahoma City bombing, April 19, 1995, the FBI, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and other federal law enforcement agencies have embarked on a preemptive strategy to uncover domestic terrorist conspiracies while they are in the planning stages. This strategy requires aggressive and potentially controversial tactics as investigators infiltrate groups and bring charges on the basis of allegedly criminal plans that are conceived but not carried out. Every step, according to current and former federal officials, involves balancing the pressure to prevent another outrage like Oklahoma City, against the danger of exaggerating the threat posed by militia groups and potentially violating their civil rights. Now, the New American reported on this very same thing in its March 3, 1997 issue. It reported, The new federal anti-terrorism strategy has resulted in the arrest, prosecution, and in some cases, conviction of militia members on conspiracy charges in Georgia, Arizona, Washington, and West Virginia. However, It has also produced convincing evidence that the federal informants have acted as agents' provocateurs, urging militia members to undertake potentially criminal actions. When watching footage of Mr. Epps as well as others, their actions do exactly that, urge others to undertake potentially criminal actions. As the Revolver's December article noted, historically speaking, When Feds have orchestrated fake mobs of fake protesters or contrived fake conspiratorial plots, the Fed's own assets have commonly comprised between 16% to 25% of the plot's participants, at least in its key respects. Indeed, the FBI once flew in 1,600 rowdy spooks to infiltrate a single convention with just 10,000 protesters. In recent times, attacks blamed on right-wing militias have blown past the 16% mark on the Fed's saturation index, and have been clocking in at a whopping 25 to 50%. As Revolver has previously noted, students of FBI history should quickly absorb the lesson that infiltrating feds are like roaches. Whenever you spot one, it is guaranteed there are dozens of others nearby. Feds simply never, ever operate alone. This is how you end up with at least 12 FBI informants in a tiny right-wing Michigan militia plot from October 2020. That's just informants, not even agents. 15 informants in the right-wing 2016 Malher plot, dozens in the 2014 Bundy Ranch affair, including six FBI undercover agents posing as fake documentarians shooting a fake documentary, and the list goes on. Revolver does a great job in presenting the possibilities of federal entrapment for January 6th and urges defense attorneys for the January 6th defendants to do their own investigations and begin to introduce this evidence in court. But let's take a step back to see why any federal government agency would be involved in this. The truth of the matter is that operatives of the deep state within the federal government have had a war on the founding principles of this country for quite some time, as well as those that advocate for it. What has been used by the CIA as tactics in foreign countries is certainly being used domestically. The CIA has an infamous history of creating fake front groups, disseminating propaganda to start and fuel revolutions, essentially creating shadow governments, all in a scheme to protect American interests, we're told. But that's not the advice our founding fathers gave us. They said we should not be interfering with another country, but to establish good relations through commerce, peace, and friendship. But when you seek to create a new world order As described by globalists who want to see world government, the advice from the founders, as well as their structure and vision for Americanism, gets thrown right out the window. For decades, the globalists have helped to build China into the superpower it is, and now many are openly postulating how China will take America's leadership role within the world order. As one of the leading mouthpieces for the globalists, the Foreign Affairs Journal from the Council on Foreign Relations recently published, liberal democracies really do need to assume that they will not retake the catbird seat of the international order anytime soon. And so the question becomes not whether the liberal order will change, but on whose terms. On whose terms indeed. If globalists get their way, the United States gets turned into a cog in the wheel of a new world order subservient to a world government government with our God-given rights and system of government destroyed. So where does President Biden stand on all this? Well, back in 2013, he suggested creating a new world order. Let's take a listen. These institutions that uh, the affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh,
0: a new world order because the global order is changing again. And the institutions and the rules that work so well In the post-World War II
3: era for decades, uh, they need to be strengthened and some have to be changed." So why wouldn't the deep staters, the globalists, the internationalists, the leftists all want to strengthen their tyrannical grip on this nation? Communists have a long history of launching a revolution over a period of many years, thus drawing out their main opposition. They help to organize the opposition in order to control it and then to neutralize that side as a whole, all the while keeping the focus away from what they really are doing. While we would hardly call those that had been caught in the January 6th trap as leaders of the opposition, they certainly are being made an example, as are those who stand up against the unconstitutional vaccine mandates. Unfortunately, many countries around the world did not wake up in time before experiencing the onslaught of communist revolution. But folks, it doesn't have to be that way. As referenced in our monthly member directive bulletin, the former head of Fidel Castro's Cuban Air Force, Major Pedro Diaz-Lanz, sadly told an acquaintance following his defection that if there had been even one chapter of the John Birch Society in Havana prior to 1959 working to expose Castro as JBS founder Robert Welch was at the time, Cuba would not have fallen to communism. Diaz-Lanz asserted that he and thousands of others fell for Castro because there was no one to tell them who he really was. Although the warnings raised by Robert Welch and his fledgling Birch Society were ignored, the episode nevertheless represents an accomplishment of sorts in that it placed on the record early confirmation of Mr. Welch's credibility and a classic example of how the American people have been misled about the communist menace by the liberal media and key political leaders. Folks, the American people continue to be misled. The more the federal government continues to operate outside of its constitutional limitations without opposition, the more Americans will continue to get hurt, and the quicker the United States will cease to be an independent republic. This country has been steadily attacked since its founding, and thanks to tyranny of the last two years, many Americans are waking up. Yet, the sounds of revolution continue to echo through the halls of Congress and in many federal agencies who claim to be part of the steady state or deep state. This can only be stopped with organized opposition, and the John Birch Society has a successful history of protecting the republic. With your help, we can absolutely stop this destructive course. So join the John Birch Society today and help stop this tyranny. Links are in the video description. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society, and until next time, stay informed, stay active, And be bold, patriots.
4: Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. What's the word? Gaslight. People tell you what, the opposite of what you've actually seen. That is that the, the working definition of gaslighting. We've been that's what uh, that's what we live through. Donald Trump was called divisive, among other things, for four years. Dictator, divisive. We've had no dictator or divisive president in my lifetime. Indeed, I think in the, uh, probably since Lincoln, I guess you could say Lincoln was divisive because he fought the South, but uh, it was a good divisiveness. But we've had nothing like uh, Biden, I I, I periodically call him President Biden, but and if he walked into a room, I would stand up because I honor the presidency. But he's a disgrace to it. The man's a mean man, in case you didn't pick up on that. If you don't pick up on that, it means you don't have good antennae for meanness or you're mean. There, the, Those are the two possibilities. Of course, you could say the same. People do. Oh, if you don't pick up on what a low-life Donald Trump is, then you don't have good antennae or you're uh you're unaware or you're or you're a low life i guess that's i guess that that would be the rejoinder of somebody on the left but uh i don't know anybody on the right who went around saying that he was a fine human being what we said was he did a fantastic job for this country best president in my lifetime without question in terms of what good he did is he personally mean? I don't know. I, I have heard from when I went to the Trump Hotel and spoke to uh, waiters there. They would tell me how much he asked about their families when he came in. And uh, this was a, a black man in particular that I talked to, and he was uh, a, a Democrat. He said he was uh, quite surprised how sweet uh, the president was. But anyway, the 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 fact that Joe Biden is a crook and a liar is not the primary problem. It, it's what is that he's a demagogue as president. You're either for Jefferson Davis or you're for this or for this bill. I'm going to play you. If it's really critical, take you five minutes of your life. You owe it to the country to watch this video. Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation made a video uh, for PragerU on, on the voting rights bill. So I'm going to play it for you because you need to know the evil that is involved in, in calling what the Republicans are doing voter suppression.
2: Here goes. There are a lot of partisan political issues out there, but election integrity shouldn't be one of them. What could be more basic to the very concept of representative government than having citizens trust that an election, whether it be for president or dog catcher, was fairly won or fairly lost? Yet in the recent past, this issue has become very contentious. For purposes of our discussion here, let's put aside any feelings we might have regarding a specific election. Here's the conflict. One side is primarily concerned that all votes are legitimately cast. That is, each vote can be traced to the person voting. The other side is primarily concerned that as many people as possible have the opportunity to vote. Now, a very obvious question arises. Why are these two concerns incompatible? Well, the answer is they are not. We should be able to both verify a vote. What happened here? Uh, guys, do you know anything, do you know what happened? Voters and make it easy to vote at the same time. Yes, even in politics, it should be possible to walk and chew gum simultaneously. Let's look to see how Georgia, where there's been much controversy over voting, has addressed this issue. First concern, voter ID. The recent Georgia voter reform law requires voters to provide an ID to receive an absentee ballot. Since 2008, the state has required a voter to show a government-issued photo ID when he or she votes in person. To require the same level of security for absentee voting seems to make perfect sense. In fact, one wonders why this wasn't addressed sooner. There's simply no good evidence that possessing an ID presents a hardship to voting. Have you ever met anyone who didn't have an ID? Anyone? When a federal judge threw out the ACLU-led lawsuit against Georgia's in-person voter ID law, he noted that in two years of litigation, the challengers could not produce a single resident of the state unable to vote because of the new ID requirement. But wait, as they say in TV ads, there's more. The new law says you can satisfy the voter ID requirement with a copy of a current utility bill, bank statement, government check, paycheck, or other government document that shows the name and address of the would-be voter. It's worth noting that the language on voter IDs for absentee ballots is identical to the language in the federal Help America Vote Act of 2002, which passed the U.S. Senate by a vote of 92 to 2. The yes votes included then-Senator Joe Biden of Delaware. Let's move on to the second concern, making voting easy. The charge against Georgia's new voting law is that it prohibits voters from access to water while they wait in line. One has to admit that sounds harsh. But if we dig a little deeper, we find that like most other states, Georgia prohibits electioneering within 150 feet of a polling place or within 25 feet of any voters waiting in line to vote. The new law simply added that within such distances, no one can give, offer to give, or participate in the giving of any money or gift, including, but not limited to, food and drink to any elector. In other words, a candidate, his supporters, or an activist group can show up at a polling place with a truckload of Happy Meals and start handing them out to voters standing in line. The clear intent here is to prevent operatives from any party from unduly influencing voters with money or gifts, including food and drink. The idea that Georgia is somehow doing something nefarious by preventing gift-giving at the polls is, to put it mildly, bizarre, especially considering that this is a standard practice as it should be in most other states, including New York and New Jersey. By the way, the law says it's okay for poll officials to make self-service water from an unattended receptacle available to an elector waiting in line. And of course... You can bring a bottle of water with you if you're worried that you're going to die of thirst waiting to vote. But wait, there's more. The state added additional weekend voting days for those who want to vote early. To call these reforms the new Jim Crow, as some have done, or an example of voter suppression is simply not true. In fact, it's so far from the truth, it makes one wonder about the accuser's motives. But more than anything, it is an insult to the people who really did suffer under restrictive voting laws of the past. But those days are long gone, and the numbers prove it. Georgia has seen record levels of voter registration and turnout in recent elections, including 2020. That includes blacks and Hispanics, and that's been the trend for a decade. Anybody who wants to vote can vote. Introducing a few safeguards to build confidence that only legal votes are cast and counted just seems to make common sense. So why all the controversy? I'm Hans von Spakovsky, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation for Prager University.
4: Uh, That's it. That's what what makes you uh, Bull Connor, the, uh, was it the sheriff or the... A police chief who set dogs on demonstrators for civil rights. So it makes you Jefferson Davis, the leader of the Confederacy. If you want voter ID, the demagoguery is is despicable. <clears throat> But I, I my, my assumption is fewer and fewer Americans, or let me put it this way, more and more Americans are catching on to the evil of the Democratic Party and the left. I will be reading to you this show from, of all places, Politico, of a, a woman on the left in San Francisco who, is, who has gone through self-examination and realize that the Democratic Party is bad. And it came, in her case, from the hurting, the deliberate hurting of children. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. And the the terrible part of what Two terrible parts of what the Democrats are doing Morally terrible One is If you believe in voter ID And common sense things like that You're for Jim Crow 2.0 and the other is the national takeover of elections. It will be taken out of the hands of states. Here's a general rule. The more centralized power is, the more corruption in a society, and the less freedom in a society. There is no exception to that rule on Earth. That is why Britain left the European Union, because Brussels had too much power. This country was not set up to have the federal government run what the states can run. This is an attempt at suppressing liberty. If that's not obvious to you, it is because you believe in a larger and larger and larger and larger central government that is no longer the United States, it's just America. All right, Park Ridge, Illinois. Bob, hello.
5: Hello, thank you for taking my call. I have to say, Mr. Prager, you know, for a long time you've said you're agnostic about whether or not the election was stolen from Donald Trump, and 14 months after election day you still somehow don't seem willing to accept the fact that you just lost, and as as long as you continue to accommodate Trump's endless lies about vote fraud. It is impossible for me to take you seriously when you claim to be an advocate for election integrity and an, an opponent of demagoguery.
4: Okay, I'm sorry you can't take me seriously. I am. I've broadcast for 40 years. I've earned a reputation for being a serious thinker. If you, if you know how much was done by Democrats Uh, prior to the election that 400 million dollars was given by Mark Zuckerberg to influence the election alone how much was done in this country by the media in particular to support the election of Joe Biden how many forces were arraigned and you find that acceptable means that we differ
5: uh, you're not speaking to my point. What I said was 14 months later, there is zero evidence of the fraud that Trump right. claims. So you don't have any I, evidence either.
4: I never said I never said that I believed that he was not elected. I said that there are too many anomalies to say without question that he was elected. I never did. I never said that President Biden is not the president. What do you want me to do? To- what would you like me to do? Well, Grovel and- before you and say, "Gee." The fact, no. the fact that every uh, what is it, nineteen counties that are swing counties that determine elections, eighteen went for Donald Trump. Gee, what an anomaly! Gee, it's the first time in history okay, but, that a but. that a sitting president got more votes than he did the first time and lost. Gee, it's just a coincidence. I find these things to be worthy of respect. I treat Biden as president. I never said otherwise. I condemned the January 6th events as they took place. What would you but, like me to do? But saying
5: but saying it's an anomaly still doesn't prove any fraud. You're right.
4: That's correct. So you and I agree, isn't that shocking? It must shock you. You're right, it doesn't so prove fraud, Trump nor did I ever said, nor did I ever say that so it when, did.
5: So when Trump continues to claim that there was massive fraud 14 months later with no evidence, he's lying, right?
4: No. He's not lying, but because, as I said, I'm agnostic, but I don't, I don't but, claim what he claims. That is
5: correct. I do how not can, claim the certitude. So how can a person who claims to advocate for the truth continue to say they are agnostic on a subject when when 14 months have passed with because, zero evidence to support uh, right, lie?
4: Because in, in, there are many cases where there's a crime that took place, there is no proof but there is such overwhelming circumstantial evidence that you, you're agnostic. You just don't know who did it. There's no DNA. There's no photograph of a guy shooting somebody or stabbing somebody. It's like that. I think the Democrats... Okay, but- uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think okay. it would be... Do you think that Donald Trump is a fascist? Uh, not exactly. Okay, the Democrats do. There's no Democrat in Congress that has not said that Donald Trump is a fascist. Have you condemned that? Wait, I'm sorry, say that again? Have you condemned the universal calling of Donald Trump a fascist and dictator among Democrats? You
5: probably didn't. I do not think... Okay, fine. I I reject the assertion... I reject your assertion that Democrats are unanimously calling Donald Trump a fascist. You do? Okay. Then
4: do you know a single Democrat, and I'm not trying to trap you. I'm trying to make a point here that the questions you pose to me could be posed to you. But more important than that, whether or not there is a single Democrat who has not called Donald Trump a fascist or a dictator, is this. Since the overwhelming majority believe that, and if you believed that, would you think it was immoral to cheat in the election if you were a vote counter? Would you say it's immoral to stop a fascist from being president? I've seen no
5: evidence
4: that happened. Okay, you're not I, – I, we've, we've talked about the evidence, and I have agreed with you. So let me just ask okay. you. Because since can I ask you no, a no, question? No, no, no. Let me make my point because you didn't answer my question. So I'll answer my question. I would cheat to stop a fascist from being president. In other words, given the fact that every Democrat I know of in, in office believes that stopping Donald Trump from being reelected is to prevent a dictator and a fascist from taking over, any opportunity any of them would have to cheat, I think they would take. And if they didn't, they're in, they are totally inconsistent with their moral values. To stop a fascist, you cheat. I would.
5: Okay, but we don't convict people of crimes. You're right. Nobody's convicted of con- crimes. H- That's correct. We convict people. We, we assess criminality based on evidence, not, uh, not the that, That's that right. I said, I said to you,
4: I said there's no proof. I said to you. But there was so much circumstantial okay. evidence, and the, and the, and the way you get to get there was corrupt. Look, I gave you a lot of time. I appreciate the civility with which you spoke. What can I say? I, I, I don't know what happened on Election Day, there, and since no judge has even allowed for the presentation of evidence, it's impossible to say there's no evidence. How, if there's no trial, if there's no public accommodation to the idea that there might have been corruption, how do I know there's no proof? I, I think it would have been a service to the country, truly a service, to the country now and for the foreseeable future, to have had those who claim proof to show it in court. We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. An important call, the last call, and I want to thank him for calling the the argument that there is no evidence and I or no proof that was the argument no no proof is uh, the statement is true i do I do not have proof of, of fraudulent election results in the last election. I have vast numbers of anomalies that I'd like addressed when you have anomalies and you have moral intent it's a powerful combination there is no reason a democrat who thinks that Donald Trump was a fascist or a dictator there is no reason there's no justification not to cheat as I've said over and over I would if I thought I would prevent a fascist from being president of the United States by cheating of course I would cheat there, everything in life has moral gradations. It, it, wouldn't it have been nice if, if German vote counters in 1932 had cheated? Right? I, I mean, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say he's a fascist, but I'll do nothing to stop him from being elected. Nothing illegal. Illegal is not the same as immoral. Right? I mean, that's obvious illegal to hide a Jew, but it was moral to hide a Jew during the Holocaust. So, uh, legality and morality are not identical. they're frequently uh, in opposition. The, the, the laws against the unvaccinated are are, ille- are legal but they're immoral and they're not they're not science-based. I will read to you from a major epidemiologist in Israel who has condemned the entire uh, health apparatus. It's a gutsy thing to do. He's a Tel Aviv University. That's the, uh, the most, uh, they, that and, and uh, Hebrew University, the two most prestigious universities of Israel, which is a center of intellectual growth, as you know. So many inventions come out of Israel. I think they have more patents than any country but the United States. And it's a country of, uh, what is it? How many people are there? Six million, seven million? so uh, it's 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 serious by the way there was no proof that the uh, that the Trump Russia collusion story was was a lie we didn't have proof yet for two years we were lied to by the media the media lie on behalf of the left that's all they do that is their job is to lie on behalf of the left if they could tell the truth on behalf of the left they do that too they don't only lie but they will lie regularly, like they did the Russia collusion story, and lost no left wing readers or viewers. It's an amazing thing. They don't care. The giveaway the it was a great moment in American history when Justice Sonia Sotomayor made up the statistic of a hundred thousand children in hospitals for COVID. How could she say that? Because she's an ignoramus. Most people on the left are ignoramuses. She is. She's a Supreme Court justice and doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. They make up things. Russia collusion was made up. Donald Trump is a dictator, is made up. The man was president four years. How was he a dictator? He got a chance to be a dictator. How come he wasn't? It's one thing to say he will be a dictator in 2016. It's quite another to say he was a dictator after 2020. Really? How so? Because they will say anything about anyone whom they oppose. Anything. When I go to colleges, there's almost always, there are almost always demonstrators against my appearance there. What I try to do is actually uh, talk to them, and uh, I, I even have, you know, this, this is an hour I should replay. I conducted the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra uh, three, uh, three and a half years ago at the, Disney, at the Disney Concert Hall. I conducted a Haydn Symphony. It's a sort of uh, avocation of mine to conduct, and I'm deeply lucky that I get to. So Santa Monica is a left-wing city, it's not a liberal city, and here I am, big conservative, who also knows music, going to conduct. By the way, I raised enough money, I didn't take a nickel, and I raised enough money that night to fill their entire annual budget. Yet the, the former mayor of Santa Monica said he no one should attend the concert. It was better for him to crush his orchestra than have people listen to Dennis Prager conduct. They're, it's a scorched earth policy. They'll destroy anything that, uh, that they want. So I'm going to tell you what a professor said about me and then I challenged him on this. It's important stuff. <laughs> When I uh, conducted the, the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra, seven members of the orchestra refused to play for uh, this bigot, Dennis Prager, and one of them was a professor at UCLA. Shock, isn't it? Shock. So I actually, as I've told you, I uh, I will debate any prominent leftist, but they refuse to debate me or Larry Elder. Or, or anybody else on the left. They, the left doesn't debate. I don't blame them. They lose every debate because they don't have a clue what we say. They don't hear us, read us, see us, study under us, or anything. We know everything they say. They know nothing we say. I have a debate. There's a, It's a rare... I, there's a debate of uh, San Francisco Synagogue. A few years ago, I debated a left-wing Jew. I'm a Jew. So it was a, an intra-Jewish debate. So you could watch it. It's on Dennis Prager, San Francisco Synagogue. I don't remember the man's name. It's not important. They don't. They don't debate. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. offered Jake Tapper to debate because Tapper dismissed him. I don't know with the usual crackpot and so on. So if the guy's a crackpot, why don't you show him up on a public debate and show look what a crackpot he is? They don't debate. So anyway, I, this, uh, one of the professors who said that I was a bigot, and he wouldn't play the violin for a bigot, I invited him on my show for an hour, a whole hour. And I began with, I know me better than you know me, but maybe you know me better than I know me. Why do you say I'm a bigot? And then if you listen to that hour, you will understand how empty, how shallow leftist rhetoric is. The a professor at UCLA. I was so gentle. You know who wasn't gentle? Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla heard it because I'm honored. Adam Carolla listens to my show every day. And Adam heard the, this hour and eviscerated this professor on his show. It's just... <laughs> Sometimes I choke up, so that's uh, just a lesson to be to be learned here. I want to read to you from a professor. I'm, I have two major things to read to you. You know what? I'll do the professor afterwards. The Israeli professor. I'll just give you a hint now. This is sort of a trailer. Professor Ehud Kimron is the head of the Department of Microbiology and Immunology. Okay, does that qualify? Dennis Prager is not a scientist, but this man is. At Tel Aviv University, one of the leading Israeli immunologists. And he wrote an open letter to the Israeli, in fact, the global management of the coronavirus epidemic. And this is how it begins. Ministry of Health, it's time to admit failure. I guess I'll continue. It's too, it's too important. In the end, the truth will always be revealed. And the truth about the coronavirus policy is beginning to be revealed. When the destructive concepts collapse one by one, there is nothing left but to tell the experts who led the management of the pandemic, we told you so. Two years late, you finally realize that a respiratory virus cannot be defeated and that any such attempt is doomed to fail. See, I didn't realize that, but that's why we don't have a cure for the cold. There's no vaccine for the cold. There's no cure for the cold. The whole thing was doomed to failure, says the head of microbiology and immunology at one of the leading universities on earth, Tel Aviv University. You do not admit it because you have admitted almost no mistake in the last two years. But in retrospect, it is clear that you have failed miserably in almost all of your actions. And even the media is already having a hard time covering your shame. Boy, talk about a guy who's going to make enemies. This is guts. Remember I did an hour? Only outliers do good. Some outliers do bad. But only outliers do good. Most humans, sweet as they may be, are sheep. And that certainly includes people in science. They get a degree in herd-like thinking and cowardice when they graduate medical school and graduate law school and graduate any any graduate school. But uh, I, I now realize that immor- immoral... Apathy, herd-like thinking, is a characteristic of the medical profession and the scientists of our Western world as much as any other group. This man is a giant. I'd love to have him on. Maybe I'll... uh, I could interview him in Hebrew and we could have simultaneous translation. That's how much I want him on. You have admitted almost no mistake, but in retrospect it is clear, okay, I read that. You refuse to admit that the infection comes in waves that fade by themselves. Despite years of observations and scientific knowledge, you insisted on attributing every decline of a wave solely to your actions, and so through false propaganda, quote, you overcame the plague, unquote, and again you defeated it, and again, and again, and again, You refuse to admit that mass testing is ineffective, despite your own contingency plans explicitly saving so. You refuse to admit that recovery is more protective than a vaccine. That's right. It doesn't matter to the liars at the CDC if you've had COVID or not. You are better protected, or at least as good protected, I believe now, better protected. That's what this major scientist writes. You refuse to admit that recovery is more protective than a vaccine, despite previous knowledge and observations showing that non-recovered vaccinated people are more likely to be infected than recovered people. i got to put this up. Follow the science is another lie of the left. They don't follow the science. They don't give a damn about science. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. By the way, I see some calls like uh, Dan and Hopkins. says, frustrating to hear you, Dennis, say there is no evidence of voter fraud. I never said no evidence. I said no proof very big difference i think there's there's a lot of evidence i don't think there's proof that's what that has to be established generally speaking and in a court of law no and as i said no judge has heard it because they have no guts courage is the rarest of the human traits have you ever heard me say that and it has never been clearer you know when i when i tell you the failure the utter abject failure of the medical profession in the last two years the sheep-like behavior of most doctors, the lie they believe that ivermectin is, is a horse dewormer and that's its primary purpose, and it that, it that it even has danger, and they went along with the FDA on this, one of the safest drugs in the world, and deprived people of any therapeutic, any therapeutic. Go home, get rest, and if you get worse, go to the hospital, and maybe you'll need a respirator. Or we'll give you remdesivir, which, as one nurse told me, has a nickname in hospitals. Death is near. That's what doctors have done. There are exceptions. If your doctor is an exception, you're a fortunate human being. Anyway, I did not say there's no evidence. So I, I, my position will not satisfy a lot of people, and, and I respect that fact. Well, it didn't satisfy my caller from the left and my my colleagues and supporters on the right who want me to say, I know for a fact that that Joe Biden cheated his way into the election. I won't say it. I don't know it for a fact. I I am agnostic to this day, however, because of the overwhelming anomalies of this election. As I said, there may not be proof that the guy murdered somebody but the circumstantial evidence is enormous. That's it. Evidence is not the same as proof. I I would love to see it done in a court, adjudicated. Back to this, uh, the head of microbiology and immunology at Tel Aviv University, an utter condemnatory letter of the Israeli authorities. As I said to you from the beginning, My two favorite countries have been an utter disappointment to me. Israel and the United States. Israel even more than the United States. Even conservatives in Israel went along. It was under Netanyahu, a conservative, that these lockdowns, like in America, took place, that kids didn't go to school. Israel's been an abject failure on this issue, as has every country but Sweden. But there is one difference. We have massive pro-liberty, pro-science. In this case, science and liberty coincide. I had COVID. Why am I not allowed into a place just like the vaccinated is? That is not science. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio.